0: So has everyone recovered from that ridiculous, crazy game on Saturday against the Washington Capitals? I hope you are. It's been what? Close to 48 hours. Let's say right now 36 to 40 hours since the end of that game. I'm going to break it all down for you all to start this episode and how Evgeny Malkin, yes, Gino Machino saved the day with perhaps one of the biggest goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season. That's coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm of course your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Elmer's Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So let's jump right into it. Penguins four, Capitals three in the game that featured everything about this 2022-2023 Pittsburgh Penguins season. This game was also a Full summary of the Penguin season. Play well in the first period, no score. Jump out to a multi-total goal lead in the second period, take that into the third. You make it a three-goal lead very early on in the third period, and all hell breaks loose. You give up the lead. The Capitals tie it with 2.44 left. You're thinking, oh, yeah, here we go again, right? No. The en- th- this was the ending I did not see coming. Kenny Malkin steals the puck from Anthony Mantha, and I have no idea what the heck he was doing. Goes blocker side on Darcy Kemper, buck 20 left, still a lot of time. That arena is going gaga. I was in attendance for that game. It was the first Pens game I think I've gone to in a little over a month. Um, this had a playoff-like feel to it, a playoff-like atmosphere. Um, easily the loudest I have ever heard PBG Paint Serena in the games that I have been to. There's the first, you know, playoff type of atmosphere that I've ever seen. Um, for those that don't know, maybe you're a little more newer to the show. You know, I was supposed to go to PBG for a playoff game in 2013 against the Boston Bruins. Um, they got swept. My mom came down after they got sweeped. She had a couple of tears running down her eyes and I just said like, what's wrong? And she goes, well, we, we had tickets for you and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I kept asking for them, but she kept denying it. Which was funny, and I—that I, I, was the chance I was going to see a playoff game. in Pittsburgh as the school; school year was getting out earlier. Earlier, but this was the closest I've ever, you know, seen to a playoff game, and it lived up to the hype. The crowd was into it; they were going nuts. Um, I thought that I thought the arena was honestly just going to collapse with how loud it was. Um, I was so very unfortunate that I was never able to make it up to Mellon Arena to see the Igloo. Um, you know, perks of living in Virginia for twenty twenty twenty. You know, I think, you know, 20, 21 years of my life. I'm, I'll be 26 this year. Um, I I wish I could have gone there. I, I really, really do. But, you know, Evgeny Malkin, the hero that the Penguins needed. Beautiful shot. Gives the Penguins the win. They're able to defend the lead with a minute 20. I know people thought, oh, you know, there's too much time. And there was. The Capitals actually came uh, close a couple of times to tying the game. But Evgeny Malkin became the hero when the Penguins needed him to. You lose that game in overtime. I don't care if you lose the game in any shape or fashion. Regulation, overtime, shootout. You open up the door for the Capitals to come back into the playoff race. Say you go to overtime and you lose or a shootout. You know, they're only three points up on them compared to six right now. Say the Capitals win that game in regulation. Only two points up on them right now with the game in hand. But Washington all of a sudden is right back in the race. You needed to get a result there. They did. And you almost effectively eliminated the Capitals from the race unless the Capitals go on like a massive surge here in their final eight games. And the Penguins really struggle, which, you know, is possible. Anything is honestly possible this time of year. But I would say it's more, you know, more to the unlikely side because the Capitals have a really daunting schedule while the Penguins do not. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, Malkin, you know, he had the celebration of a lifetime. His wife, Anna, was going crazy. His son, Nikito was there right there next to her. Um. <laughs> That was just an amazing moment. You, 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 as you know, the great Mike Lang as always said, you have to be here to believe it. And I'm really glad I was able to, you know, secure tickets for that game. I took my cousin. Um, and what a game to go to. You know, that's that I, I said on my Twitter, I'll say it now, that was a season saver for this team. And we've, I've all probably said that a, lo- a little too often this season because. No, they're in a situation they're never really in, fighting just to get in the playoffs. Usually they have a spot locked up by now. But that was a season saver if I've ever seen one. If Kenny Malkin gets the game winner, Penguins get out with a 4-3 lead, and basically just, you know, saluting the Capitals. Hey, goodbye, you're probably out of the race now. Um, You know, at the end of the day, Malkin gets the last laugh after taking that really uh, boneheaded penalty in the third period, which we'll get to in just a second. But, you know... That was such a special moment for Gino. You know that kind of moment. That's one of the reasons why he came back. You know, forget you know the milestones that he'll hit, off the ice stuff. You know the legacy. Moments like these is why I think he decided to come back. Does Vince Trocheck score that goal for the Penguins in this situation? No. Does Andrew Kopp score that goal in the situation? No. Oh yeah, I'm going to keep harping that drum for the people that wanted him gone. You know, it's not that goal isn't for those people. It's for people that, you know, wanted him to stay because it made sense both financially and just fit on the ice for the Penguins. You weren't going to get an upgrade over him. And with how much of a clutch player he has been throughout his career, and for as much as he nags you with the penalties or some sloppy play in the defensive zone or being lazy at the point on the power play, you don't get that kind of moment from probably anyone else in the free agent market last season if they're there and and that, in that situation, Kenny Malkin, again, he was the hero the Penguins needed in that game, especially after coughing up that lead late. And for right now, he 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 saved their season, and they're three points up right now on the Florida Panthers for that final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. And it was just vintage Malkin. She sees Mantha being a little too cute with the puck, comes over, swoops it right off his stick, comes in, he's gone. Knows exactly where he is going to shoot that puck. Goes blocker side past Kemper. Looks like he gave. Looks like Kemper gave him a little too much room there, on the blocker side. At least when I've watched it on replay a couple of times. But you know, a all-time great player is going to make you pay every time in that situation. I don't know what Mantha was doing there. That that trade has aged like absolute milk, for the Capitals. And Malkin made no mistake, and he brought the house down, and he was able to help secure that win for the Penguins, even though it shouldn't have come to that. They should be able to defend three goal leads in the third period, but with how they have defended this season, it's been comical, basically, you knew it was never over. Even after um, the Penguins went 3 nothing, even after it was 3-1 to with seven minutes left in the period, you just knew something else was crazy was going to happen. Sure enough, it did, but the Penguins are lucky that Malkin was there to save the day. And he was all over the puck in that game. Had plenty of quality chances. Again, took that really stupid penalty. And we'll, we'll just touch on that there while we're talking about Malkin. You know, that penalty changed the course of the game. <laughs> because remember, Penguins got that power play. Up 3-0, I believe it was, what, 16 minutes left in the third period. You know, you're getting some chances. A little scrum ensues. And you can tell the Capitals are baiting him. They're baiting him to, to, to push back. Cross check, roughing, whatever, and he did. It was, it was a definitely a roughing the score kind of call because the Capitals were down three nothing, and the refs are trying to give the other team momentum there. But I'll also say this: you cannot give officials any reason to penalize you in that situation because they're always going to take the guy that retaliates, especially when that team is up three nothing. You know, you want to make it a more competitive game and that stuff. I don't even think that's a conspiracy theory. That's just how NHL officiating is. It's like that basically on a nightly basis. You know, in that situation, got to skate away. You have the power play. You kill off more time of the clock. That led to the Tom Wilson goal. and the Capitals started pushing a little bit more. Alex Ovechkin gets the goal to make it 3-2. Dylan Strome makes it 3-3 with 2.44 left. Just cannot take that penalty there in that situation. Outside of that, though, he was flying. He's been, you know, he was a little bit cold coming into the game. We have, according to Bob Roby, only had one goal in his last, you know, 11, 12, 12, 13 games, something like that. But he made sure to break that streak with this one with, you know, one of the biggest goals of the season for the Penguins. While also delivering a potential fatal knockout blow to one of the Penguins' biggest rivals. So I wanted to start off the show with that, shouting out Evgeny Malkin while also touching on the penalty. Just because it was a truly great moment uh, for him. And the rest of the penguins but coming up after this commercial break we're going to touch on other aspects from the game that i saw at pbj paints arena from in person also to look at the stats and then later on we will preview what is to come for tuesday and a little bit later this week as the penguin schedule you know softens up a little bit I, I dare i say it it does soften up but before we get to that next segment we have to touch on Athletic Games. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I start taking Athletic Games because I didn't really have time in the morning to work out. I want a better gut health and more energy, better optimized immune system, and all that good stuff. So you're probably wondering, what is this? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Games, you're absorbing said five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special event and ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your your energy recovery, focus, and aging all of those things. It's also lifestyle friendly where you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also contains less than one gram of sugar and has over 7,000 five-star reviews and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that's it there's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin g and Fry free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network again that is athleticgreens.com slash network take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right we're back in this episode of the Lockdown penguins podcast i am of course your host Honor Hodies want to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, follow the shows Twitter, LRS Penguins. And of course, thank y'all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, other things that I really took away from this game. Um, Ryan Paling, he has turned into a very solid depth piece for the team. You all know my thoughts. I don't think the penguins' bottom six is particularly any good. Mikhail Gramlin still stinks right now. Josh Archwell really hasn't done anything since coming back. I don't really think his contract's gonna get renewed after this season. You know, Jeff Carter is Jeff Carter. That's half the guys right there. I know Nick Benino's out, which stinks. But, you know, a lot of these players are just not getting the job done. The only two players, I think, down there that are you know at least adequate are Drew O'Connor and Ryan Pelling. And he put a beautiful move, I believe it was on Sandine coming in a little bit of a mini breakaway and roofed it past R.C. Kemper. You could tell that goal meant a lot to him just because he's been really banged up this season. Pelling, that is, you know, he's been dealing with that very much nagging injury. Um, for the last several months, but that was a beautiful goal. Finally getting some depth scoring from this team. Really nice to see him get on the board. And then Chad Wheedle gets his first goal and basically, you know, over a year, definitely his first goal of the season, roofed a wrist shot past R.C. Kemper's glove, makes it 2-0. And I'm like, this is what we're getting in this economy? A game with a goal from Ryan Paling and Chad Wheedle. That is what we're getting. Didn't think I'd ever see the day. I mean, That was just incredible. And, you know, it's always nice when the big guns don't always have to factor in on every single goal. Like, you know, for the most part that they have this easy. in, In games like this and in games like you saw in Colorado, the depth stepped up. But in a lot of other games, that has not happened. And it's led to just the core really having to carry this team to, you know, the spot that they're in right now. They're three points up on a playoff spot. But to see the depth step up in this one when they needed it most, that meant a lot. And it was really good to see. Hopefully the penguins can have more of that um, in these final nine games. Jake Gensel, he gets on the board his 32nd of the season. Um I said it on Twitter, I'll say it again now. This is probably one of the most under-the-radar 30 goal campaigns I've ever seen. You know, people are saying he's struggling. No, it's not. He just, you know, he hasn't, you know, maybe buried some of the chances that he normally does, but that's also hockey. The fact that he's still At 30 plus goals this season is a testament to how good he is, and how if he was producing like he was last season, he'd probably be on his way to 50 right now. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league. It does not take much. You saw what happened on that on that power play. wasn't wasn't much there. Nothing was happening, but he gets behind the defense, goes five hole on Kemper. It's all it takes. The slimmest of margins with him. You give him even just a smidge of time, boom, you're gone. Game over, but well, shouldn't say game over, but you know, your toast pucks in the back of the net. Jake's done that to numerous goalies over the years. You know, he may be at 32, he may be only at 30, 30, you know, 32 goals right now, but I can promise you, you know, he's still having a pretty decent season, even though he's not on pace for 50, like a lot of us um, thought that he, that he was going to be. Okay, goaltending, let's discuss it. Casey Smith a rock through two periods. He was making some outstanding saves. My wonderful German shepherd, Teddy, is just going crazy at something downstairs. I don't know what it is. But Casey Smith makes a lot of, you know, great saves in those first two periods. Stops a Alex Ovechkin breakaway also, which was just incredible in itself because usually when Alex Ovechkin comes in on a breakaway, it's game over for any goaltender. I don't care who it is, but he sticks his right, he sticks his, um I don't know, uh, his, uh, Left pad out, excuse me. On, on, right on. When you look on the screen, it's his right pad, but it's his you know left pad when you're like behind the net. Sticks out that pad and absolutely robs him. You know, he also robbed John Carlson from you know the left far circle when Ovechkin got the puck to him. That was also a beautiful save by De Smith. And it was looking like, oh, the, like these first two periods, it looks like he should start maybe start more games moving forward. This is the guy. And then you saw what happened in the third period where he's just swimming in his crease. That first goal, Chris Letang stunk there. He knows it. He slammed his stick coming off the ice. He has to do a better job defending Tom Wilson. He can't allow him to get to the front of the net there. And, you know, even though DeSmith swam out of his net, you know, he was still able to get back a little bit where, you know, he should be able to make that save. But also, Letang was bad there, too. I think both of them were the main people at fault on that goal. But still, DeSmith why are you even going out of your crease there in that situation you know that's that's the thing that i really don't understand um there's just no reason to you know bite so hard on the fake when there was you know no reason to there i think you know that's that that's my thing you know he's done that you know a lot throughout his nhl career and i just didn't really like that the second goal (laughs) You, you maybe you want to save there, but it's also an Alex Ovechkin vintage slap shot from his spot. You no, know, it wasn't that hard of a shot. I feel like he maybe could have had it, but still, it's an Ovechkin goal. I'm not going to go too hard, hard after that. But the Dylan Strome goal again, he's swimming around in his crease. I feel like I want to save there with 244 to go, you know. But that's Casey Dismiss game. He'll wow you for a few moments, especially in those first two periods, but then he'll have a period like in the third period where it's like, you know, how is this guy in the NHL? and it, honestly it's, it's been like that throughout his whole career. He'll give you some good you'll give you some good games, some good moments. Other times it'll be like what the heck how is this guy even up here? That's just that's just you know, and that's and I feel like sometimes that's you know backed up goalies in general but with him, you know, he just I think needs to work on that part of his game a little bit where he doesn't need to be so aggressive leaving his net in those situations. Like you can you can stay there. It, 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 it's okay, you don't need to venture off on a you know, just on, on an expedition. Uh, or anything like that. But still want to see him put together a full 60 minutes. I'm assuming Jari's going to go on Tuesday, but also would not be surprised if De Smith does. But, you know, I think they're probably going to split most of these. I think DeSmith's going to get a few starts here down the stretch. I, don't, I think they're going to give Jari a little bit of rest time overall. Um, at five on five, the Penguins were out-attempted by the Capitals. Scoring chances-wise, they also were out-chanced. you know, chanced. High danger, the Penguins won that. 53% of those high danger chances at expected goals, though, it was about 50-50. The Penguins, again, play well in the first couple periods, but in the third period, the Capitals really took over after they got that goal um, from uh, from Tom Wilson. You know, this game was a little bit chippy, as as expected. Um, you know, you got to get in Kuznetsov going after Josh Archibald, I think, for some reason. Then Archibald fought Sandin and just made him look like a fool. Uh, Tom Wilson doing Tom Wilson things. Look, I'm not surprised, you know. I can sit here and talk about Tom Wilson for 10, 15 minutes, but this is not Locked on Caps. You just want to hear about Tom Wilson. Go check out Dan Holmey of Locked on Caps. He does a great job over there. Uh, but, you know, he's just, you no know, Tom Wilson does Tom Wilson things. I'm not really surprised at all. Um, but overall, Penguins, they got the result. I think that they deserved in this one. They needed that win. They got it. They're now six points up on the Capitals, six points up on the Savers, three points up on the Panthers for that final wild card spot. And again, I I liked a lot of what I saw. I I will say that POJ-Chris Tang pairing is not doing it for me right now. This team really needs Marcus Pedersen back. No disrespect to POJ. I think he's been pretty decent this season. But they need Pedersen back on that pairing. And it's unfortunate that he's probably going to be out for most, if not all, of the remaining nine games of this regular season. Um, good news, though, Jeff Petrie looks like he's gonna be coming back on Tuesday. I think it'll be a game time decision, participating in the full practice on Monday as it is. in Darius, so I think both will be returning in that game. But you know, it, it, they need reinforcements back on defense. It's just you, know, you, you can't be playing with just a makeshift defensive core for you know, during when you know, when the games really matter most. Um, I would say, but that does it for this second segment coming up to end the show. How can the Penguins strike back against the Red Wings and beat a team that is really down right now? I'm going to touch on that coming up. But first, let's get into Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And that's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, bounty, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. They only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. You can pick up a box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, or, you know, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later when it comes to that. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Elmer's for Penguins. Of course, thank you so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, next up for the Penguins, game 74 out of 82 on Tuesday night. They will head to Little Caesars Arena to take on the Detroit Red Wings. A struggling Red Wings team, I should say. They've lost 12 of their last 15 games, 3 and 11 and 1 overall. And that's after they got back into the race. Remember, this Red Wings team was only four, no, I think three, four, five points out of the playoffs heading into the trade deadline. Since then, just flatlined. They're done. They're 11 points back at the Penguins right now. They are cooked. They're not coming out of this. And this is an, another example. The Penguins need to get results here. They've learned their lessons, I think. Those last couple of weeks, losing to Montreal, blowing a two-league lead against them, losing to Ottawa, both in regulation and both at PBG Paints Arena, two teams who are below them in the standings. You have to play, you know, play at the level you did against those two teams, but get the result. And also, I'll say play a little bit better defensively as well. The Penguins didn't play well defensively in either of those two games, but I think they still played well enough to win because, you know, they out-attempted you know, attempted those two teams, they out them, high danger, expected goals, all that. Now, this is a Red Wings team that is there for the taking. And, you know, they've gotten bad goaltending all season. Their special teams are middle to below average. But they can still players that can hurt you. Joe Valeno, Dylan Larkin on their top line, he has been awesome. He just is coming off a contract extension where he's going to be making a lot of money. It's over $8 million per season. Very deserved for a player who I believe is at, um trying to make sure I got this right. I believe he's at 80 points right now. Just double checking. Here, oh no, sorry, 68.71 games. Still, point per game pace. Lucas Raymond, another very young player. Adam Ernie, Andrew Kopp, David Perron to round out their second line. Dominic Kubelik, Pius Suter, Alex Chason, uh, Jonathan Bergeron, Austin Sarsnick, um, and Matt Luff to round out their fourth line. Defensively, Jake Wallman, Maureen Sider, Oli Mata, Robert Hag, uh, and then Gustav Lindstrom and Jordan Osterly. They are on their defense. And then goaltending-wise, Alex Nelkovich and Magnus Helberg. Right now, they're injured list. Billy Huso, he is day-to-day. So if he's not the starter tomorrow, it's probably going to be Nelkovich. Adam Ernie is also day-to-day. Philip Zadina is day-to-day. Robbie Favre, Ben Schrott Mark Pizik, and Raiko Rasmussen. They have a bunch of players who are banged up right now. But again, these are two points that you need to have. The Penguins, they were playing well against the Red Wings the first time they were here. Remember, they jumped out to that 4 nothing lead. After the first period, they were just destroying the Red Wings. And then, like Clockwork, with how the Penguins have blown leads all season, came back to bite them. I believe it was, what, 4-2 going into the f- a third period. Red Wings were able to tie it and then win the game in overtime. And, oh, yeah, they got grittied on by Jake Wallman. Yes. They remember, remember that game? They got grittied on. And it was it was very embarrassing. <laughs> To say the least, you cannot get greeted, um, much less on the road, especially not at your home building. For the Penguins, you know, do what they did in the first period last time. You know, they lit up the Red Wings goaltenders, but you know, also just play better defensively, do not let your foot. Off the gas pedal against this kind of team. You know, the Red Wings, they're playing for pride at this point. Sure, they've not, they're not mathematically eliminated just yet, but they are still playing like their season is on the line. They're going to give you everything they have. You know, there's these bad teams, you know, they're not just gonna roll over and die and let you just steamroll them. That's just you know, the penguins have found that out multiple times these last couple of weeks. It's not gonna happen. You need to go in there and show that you are better than them and that you deserve to be in the playoffs. This week is set up really nicely for the Penguins. You have the Red Wings. You have the Predators. Bruins, okay, that's whatever. Then you have the Flyers. Those are three games that you should be able to win. You win those games, even if you drop that one against the Bruins, which is fine. It's the Boston freaking Bruins. They're one of the best. This is one of the best teams in NHL history by points percentage. But you go three and one or three and, oh and one maybe? You're golden going into those final five games of the regular season. Starts though with the Red Wings. You have to beat a bad team when they're out of it. They're not playing good hockey. They sold to the deadline, especially Tyler Bertuzzi. He's not there anymore. You need to beat these kind of teams when you know they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, it's a shame that it's really just come down to this, but when teams like this come on your schedule, you know, you have to know what to do against them. And this, you know, this week I think will really show everyone: is this team a true playoff team? Can you beat the teams below you in the standings? We're going to find that out this week, starting against the Red Wings. Here, you know, I want the power play, um, you know, specifically on the road to be better. I want the penalty kill to be better. Hopefully, the goaltender, whoever, which, whoever starts, is able to make the saves that need to be made. And I want to see the finishing ability really start to get going. You know, we saw against the Capitals, especially through, you know, that first period, they they were the better team, the Penguins, but their lack of finishing ability was on display yet again. That can't be the case in this one against the Red Wings or, you know, a lot of these games here down the stretch. So that's what I'm really looking for in this one against the Red Wings, you know, forechecking hard, defending hard. Goalie needs to make the saves. Special team, you got to win the special teams battle. You know all the flaws that have been on, just you know, display for the Penguins. They need to go out the door in these remaining nine games. I also want to maybe see some depth scoring for the Penguins in this one. Um, last but not least, coming into this game, the Penguins—they're um, six and zero and two in their last eight games against the Red Wings. Points in eight straight. They've also won three consecutive games at Little Caesars Arena. They're also nine and seven and five against the Atlantic Division this season. Look to look for those to look out for. Ricardo Raquel, 17 points in 16 games against the Red Wings. He also has points in four of his last five games um, against the Red Wings and, cold, and goaltender Tristan Jari. 2-0 with a 1.50 goals against average and a 9.54 save percentage in two career starts versus the Red Wings. If he gets a start, could be good news because he's played well. Remember, DeSmith was in net when the Penguins blew that lead um, just a few months ago. It wasn't really his full fault that they lost. But he still wasn't good enough in those final couple of periods. But we'll have to see how this one goes. Penguins need a win here. You know, Panthers play the Senators tonight. That's a big result to look for. The Sabres play tonight. We're scoreboard watching. We're looking at it. See what the Penguins can do. If, if the Sabres and both the Senators lose tonight, the Penguins could potentially build an even stronger lead on those two teams if they're able to win on Tuesday, potentially get their um, I do say this, potentially get their lead for that final wild card spot up to five points and potentially um, leapfrog the New York Islanders who have a really nasty schedule down the stretch as well. So that'll do it for this one. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Tuesday evening, excuse me, where we'll recap that game against the Red Wings and look ahead to later on this week. So again, thank you all so much for listening or watching, and I'll talk with you all on Tuesday.